Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. friends good morning <laughs> you always know that I wake up saying that singing it and chuckling <laughs> laughing it's the joy of the Lord that I have in my heart my friends and I hope that you have awakened as well with the joy of the Lord in your heart you know my friends even when times are rough and you're going through hard times you just got to always remember that the joy of the Lord supersedes anything that you might be struggling with. And I know for me personally, that's what keeps me going. So my friends, I'm excited to dive into the Word of God with you today. Thank you for those that are tuning in. And thank you for those who are joining us. You might be joining us for the first time today. So we want to go ahead and just continue to dive in to the book of Zechariah where we have been uh, reading along uh, the different chapters. We've already read chapter 1 and we've already read chapter 2. So we are now going to be reading chapter 3. And this is what the first verse um, in chapter 3 says. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. When he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garment from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Father, we thank you for your word in Zechariah chapter 3. We thank you as you've continued to give the visions to Zechariah during this time when you were using him mightily to bring messages and prophecy to the community he was serving as a prophet. And we thank you because we can apply these detailed visions that he was having to our lives today. And we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, my friends, um, it's a small passage, but there's so much to cover. As we all know, Joshua at this time was Israel's high priest. And this was a time uh, because of what they did when he was rebuilding the walls, right? Jerusalem, and they were rebuilding the walls. And for some reason, 
like the enemy always does, like Satan always does, like the devil always does, the principalities in the air that, you know, come across from other people. Satan uh, was accusing Joshua of something specific. And we're going to go into details about that. So when he says here, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Now, remember, uh, the angel of the Lord has been the one who has been alongside of Zechariah all this time, showing uh, him all these visions and uh, revealing uh, the details of these visions. And Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Let's stop right there for a minute. So here's Zechariah. He's now seeing a vision of a high priest, right? And when we think about the high priest, we're thinking about someone in upper status level. Um, and we're thinking about the person that was responsible to help as well usher in the people, pray for them, um, help them go over uh, what they were used to doing in... Um, doing sacrifices unto the Lord and things of that nature, keeping track of what was happening at the temple. I mean, you name it. It's all these things that they're responsible for, right? The high priest is uh, someone that would oversee certain things and the community. And if we think about that today, it's as we can we can say it's a pastor, we can say it's a minister, we can say, you know, it's um, someone who's a missionary, someone who's called from the Lord to fulfill a specific assignment that has to do with um, religious um, aspects, and for us it's Christianity, and who is an overseer of things. And what was happening here was that Zechariah is seeing this high priest, but he's also seeing the enemy right next to him. And when Zechariah is seeing this, at the same time, he's realizing that Satan is standing right at his right hand to oppose him. Many times, my friends, we will be in a place in our lives where People will be standing right next to us, especially enemies. And they're there to oppose us. They're there to make sure we fall. They're there to make sure that we don't, we don't, we don't get what we deserve. They're there to possibly sometimes even remind us of where we were before in sin or where we were before in um, our falling with uh, Christ and, you know, or where we might even be in this moment right now in our lives where the struggle is real and you're having a hard time getting on your feet and you're having a hard time getting back, you know, and, 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 and you're uh, in the sin that you might be in and the enemy is right there next to your side, um, happy, uh, you know, continuing to remind you of, you know, that you're never going to make it out of that or you're not going to go anywhere. You're never going to 
uh, prosper. You know, you're never going to kick, be able to kick that habit. You're never going to be able to stop smoking. You're never going to be able to stop drinking. You're never going to be able to stop, you know, doing drugs. You're never going to stop being able to um, stop thinking about lustful things. You know, the enemy is always right there by your side, um, uh, you know, just, just letting you have it. And when I think about this, you know, I think about us, right? I think about how God, God places us in his way as being important children. We are his children. He is our father in heaven and he sets us up on high places and he gives us statuses and he allows us to be uh, given promotions and positions and uh, leadership roles that are, are key and important and viable to communities and many times my friends when the struggle is there, God knows every detail and he knows the tactics of the enemy uh, when you are going through the struggle. And the fact that the enemy will always come next to you when you're down and out, like it's like the enemy is the cheerleader. You know, I, I always say uh, to my friends, you know, that when I'm supporting them, when I um, am, am really rooting for them and I'm praying for them and I'm wishing them the, uh, the best and, and, and let them be blessed, I always say to people, I'm like your biggest cheerleader. I'm on the sidelines supporting you, you know, in a positive way. Well, the enemy, my dear friends, is also right next to you on the sidelines cheering you on because you're failing, because you're a failure, because you're struggling, because you can't kick, kick the habit, because, you know, you can't uh, let go of anger issues, because, you know, you, your whole world is crumbling, and the enemy cheers you on to continue to see you crumbling. And it may not seem like it's a reality, like you hear my voice speaking about this and you're like, well, how is this possible, Antonia? I can tell you right now, my friends, it is possible. It does happen all the time. And, um, and in this specific moment when Zachariah was seeing this vision, I'm sure in his mind, he must have been saying to himself, why is this happening? Especially to this person, right? Especially when Joshua was Israel's high priest. Um, and when the remnant had been returned to Jerusalem and be and, and in the beginning of building the walls back up. But the problem is now is that here's the adversary, here's the enemy, here is uh, Satan right next to him to oppose him, to to say um to, 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 to expose what he was part of, to uh, expose what he struggled, whatever it is he's struggling in, and to um, oppose him because he didn't, he doesn't want him to go beyond what we're seeing. And now we're going to go into the details that the vision tells us that Zachariah sees. It says, And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. 
meaning that the Lord looked Satan straight in the face and said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. That is God fighting our battles on our behalf. He is looking at the high priest and Satan and going, you may think, Satan, that you're on the right-hand side of my, of, of my chosen one, of, of my child, but I am here to tell you that I am rebuking you. And, and you know, we, um, we always say that, right, as Christians. When we're going through situations, we will always come out and be like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, right? If we're going through a situation, well, this is what the Lord was doing here. The Lord was rebuking Satan. And I wanted to remind you that that is what we must do as Christians every day, my friends. When we are struggling in areas where we just feel the enemy is just out to get us, when we just sense that there's a, a bad aura around us, that um, we're being attacked left and right, we have to look that enemy in the face in the name of Jesus and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you because God has given us the authority to do that. Um, he has given us the authority to use his word. He has given us the authority to step on scorpions' heads. He has given us the authority to take the land. He has given us the key. We have access to the key of the kingdom. We have access to the supernatural power that comes from heaven. We have access to so many things, and we must use it, my friends. I cannot tell you how many times people will say to me, Oh, I know there's something going on in my life. I know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm battling this thing. And I know it's tearing me down and I'm crying every day and it's hurting me and, I, and I, I, I just can't deal with life anymore. And I'll say to them, well, what are you doing to combat, combat it? Uh, you know, uh, did you turn it over to the Lord? Are you rebuking that thing that you're aware of that's right next to you? Are you rebuking um, the surroundings of the environment that is affecting you? You know, uh, are you taking authority over it? Because God has given us the authority. What are you doing? And on several occasions, I have had people say to me, nothing. What do you mean nothing? You got to do something. When God gives you access and gives you the keys, it's not just for you to put it in your pocket and not use them. When he's given us the supernatural power to be speaking over with our mouths on that situation is for us to open our mouths and say it. When God gives us the access of his word, with, which is full of life and helps us in the battle, why wouldn't we use scripture? You need to know some scripture, say a scripture. You need to say words, period. Like you just need to be in that moment of, you know, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. And, and I'm going to tell you an example right now. You know, there are some days, man, listen, I'm human and I'm in the flesh just like you, my friends. You know, you might always listen to my podcast every Saturday and be like, wow, she really, you know, is bringing forth the word. And I, you may perceive me to be someone who's like maybe got it all together or something. Because sometimes it's what we do in life. We're hearing a podcast, watching something of a video, something more like, man, that person really has it together. No, we have it together because we have major struggles in our lives. 
And the only way we get it together and have it together is because we rely on our Heavenly Father. We rely on Him so much to wake us up. There are days, my friends, that I get up depressed, but I've got to get the joy of the Lord right back front and center. I have to always remind myself, like, this is not from the Lord depression. Our Heavenly Father doesn't want us depressed. He wants us excited. He wants us full of life. He wants us to live a purposeful purposeful life. So I have to immediately know I got to use scripture. I got to get out of this rut, but I got to do it. Started with my mouth because then God is, is then God is by my side cheering me on, saying, "You got this, child. That's right. You go get them. You know, use my word. I've given you the keys. I've given you access to everything." And this is what we must remind ourselves that we have that access, and we need to open our mouths and our and voice. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, devil. You got to get this. This depression is gone. I have the full joy of the Lord. And I literally just start speaking these things, my friends. And I believe them because I know it's true. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it just starts to feel like everything just starts to crumble around me. That is trying to take a hold of me. So my friends, the Lord right here is doing it. He's saying, you know, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. And then he says, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. And and these have exclamation points in here, my friends. It's not just a regular period or da, da, da. No, the Lord is like strong, full of energy, with confidence, speaking straight to the enemy, looking straight at the enemy in the face and saying what he's saying. He said, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is that not a brand plucked from the fire? Listen, when the Lord himself is doing this, this is a perfect example for us to know that we can do it too. Why? Because he's given us the access. He's given us the key. He's given us the confidence. He's given us the authority. He's, he's told us that we, we will do things, you know, in a way. When Jesus was on this earth, Jesus did all the miracles and he did so many super signs and wonders um, that were just amaze, of an amazement to his disciples and everyone that was following him and getting healed by him. And he even told his disciples, you will do bigger and better things than I have done because he left them the access. He left them the key. He left you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit operating in you, my friends, is to guide you, to give you um, a revelation, a knowledge, a wisdom, an understanding of what's happening. And once we have that and we know it, we utilize what God has given us. It's like you telling somebody, oh, I need to get to work, but you know, my job is 15 miles away and I need a car. Because they'll know the only way I could get there. There's no bus, there's no train. And then somebody says, hey, dude, no problem. You know, here's my set of keys. You can go ahead and take the car. And you never get in the car, put the key in there, turn on, and go to your job. Instead, you start walking and you're miserable. That is not how we do this, my friends. This is the thing that God wants us to understand is he has given us the authority. And he makes it very clear to Satan that those are his chosen. Um, The person who was chosen, 
We're talking about this high priest. God chose this high priest. And he's making it very clear to Satan, like, he is a chosen one of mine. And you cannot mess with him. How dare you be there um, excited that he's falling by the wayside. Exciting that he's looking the way he's looking. Excited um, and knowing that you want to get your way so that he never will prosper. He'll never um, be forgiven. Or he'll never walk away from his sin. God is here specifically, the Lord is here specifically telling him, who do you think you are? Get out of the way. I'm here to tell you that I have a chosen one and I rebuke you. That's another way of the Lord saying, I'm going to take you down. You're not going to hang around anymore The high on the high priest. You're, I'm going to do something about it. And the same way that God uses and the Lord is using this authority here, because he has all authority, my friends. He's given us that authority too. And we have to use it. Whenever we're dealing with a situation that is just not well for us, we know it's bad, we, we know something's going on, we have to take action. We have to be proactive and we have to say, hey, stop it. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I don't allow you to speak to me that way. I don't allow you to disrespect me. I don't allow you to think that I, it's okay for you to, to, to be laughing at me or cursing at me or, um, or, or just thinking that I am not going to make it. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus because God has given me all authority. When I am weak, he's my strength right? Uh, you know, when I'm weak, I'm strong because of my heavenly father. And you got to combat that thing right in its face, my friends. And you got to remind it that it's not going to take authority over you. You have to take authority over it in the name of Jesus with your heavenly father that's by your side cheering you on. So my friends, you know, as Zechariah is seeing this, not only does you know he see what God is saying and God is about to do, but um, he also sees the following. He sees, he goes, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. So let's talk about how Zechariah was seeing Joshua and what these filthy garments represent right see what was happening here was that satan was accusing joshua because he represented the nation of israel and what happens is even though the enemy knows every detail of your life just like god knows every detail of your life the enemy is very accusatory even though you may have done something bad, the enemy knows that. Even though um, you may have repented from it and have walked away from it, the enemy knows about it. The enemy knows everything. God knows everything. The enemy knows everything, right? So what he wanted to do was he wanted to leave Joshua in those filthy garments. And the filthy garments represents um, the sin that that um, that he had covered up, and not so much covered up, but the sin that he was aware of um, during that with that nation, 
but that he was still leading them. He, um, he still, um, was, uh, fulfilling his mission as he was called at the time. And what happens is, um, Satan and the enemy always wants to see you that way. They always want to just see you in filthy garments, in filthy rags. They always only want to remember you in that sin, in what you did in your past, in um, what if you were in prison before. That's all they see you as, as a prisoner. They don't see you as anything else. If you um, if you uh, treated someone disrespectfully, whatever the case may have been, they only want to see you that way. They never want to see you another way. And when I think about this, my friends, I think about how that happens to us today day all the time because here's the situation every day depending what the relationships are you have with other people and the place that you God has brought you out of and that today you can stand in confidence and say hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus for saving a, a, a wreck like me for saving me for giving me mercy for giving me grace even though I was a, a, a dog I, I was doing bad things I was uh, d- uh, not treating people well I did really bad things and and you and you have turned your life around and you've surrendered it to God and God is saying hey I, I, my my child I love you you know you've been redeemed and all of a sudden now you go back to your neighborhood because you're a new man right now. You're a new woman right now. You're, you're, you know, you've turned your life around and you go to people and you start talking. Hey, hey, sister, brother. Hey, how you doing? They look at you weird. They're like, who's, who's this? And then you're like, it's me. It's me, Anthony. I remember I used to live here like 10 years ago. I'm giving you an example. I'm, I used to remember, um, and then they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. You were the girl who was like, whatever, whatever. Because uh, that's all they remember you as. And you could sit there and say, well, I'm no longer that person. I am um, totally changed. Uh, God got hold of my life. I turned my life over to God. Now I'm a Christian. I no longer hang with those girls or whatever the case might be that they, they knew you as. All of a sudden, it's like they can't get the gist of who the new you is. Or they can't accept it. Or they're not willing to accept it. Or they just can't really believe you've changed. And a lot of times, this is what happens to us, my friends. People only want to remember us when we were when we were down and out, when we were in filthy rags, when we were at our lowest point. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now because <laughs> I remember... In the, and some of you know some of my testimony. In the beginning stages of my marriage, my um, my husband and I were really going through a lot. Uh, in the first 10 years of our marriage, we, I was going through a major struggle. We were both going through a major struggle in our marriage, and it was not good. It was at the point in my life, I, I felt the lowest. I, my self-esteem was shot. I mean, I, I felt like I was walking around with rags. Okay, um, and there was just so much happening in my life, and um, everybody always knew me as the girl that was uh, gloomy, that she would look depressed, that she looked like the bus hitter, you know, that she was just always so tired looking, um, and um, depressed and crying because they knew I was 
in an abusive relationship. They knew I was verbally being abused. They all knew it. They knew what I was suffering. They knew that I was going through something really bad. Now, not everyone knew it because I covered it up as much as I could, right? It was a time in my life where I put this facade up, you know, and if nobody knows, nobody will ask any questions. But the people who really knew, like, I didn't even have to tell them because they knew. And, uh, and I remember that when, you know, God was doing a work in me and he started doing a work in my husband and all of a sudden God just gave me this opportunity to come out of that gloom, uh, doom that I was in and revive and get revived. And, uh, cause I'm telling you, man, I didn't even, I didn't even want to brush my hair. I was like, I brushed it, but I, I didn't make, I didn't make it fancy, nothing. I was just like, it was so depressed. I was so depressed. And I remember the Lord got a hold of me. He turned me around and he was like, I got to shake you up. I got to get these filthy rags off of you. And he did. He got these filthy rags off of me. How I felt, my emotions, you know, uh, spiritually, what I was going through, mentally, physically, the whole nine yards. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, you know, this thing sparked in me. And, you know, I went, I got my hair done. I went, I got my nails done. Uh, and this not, and this is not in a vanity way my friends this is in a way of how God will get a hold of us sometimes because if anybody knows me today I don't go get my nails done I rarely go to a beauty a boutique place to get my hand I mean practically never I do it at home myself with my own home kit but it was just I just needed to wake me up I, I needed to pick me up I needed a makeover y'all know about that show the makeover so that's what God did with me and next thing I know it's like this confidence just came and hit me again. I was getting stronger. Um, that's when the Lord showed me how to put my foot down um, so that I wouldn't be verbally abused anymore. And how he gave me the word, you know, to, to combat use the word to combat what I was struggling with in my marriage and to help me and to help my husband at the same time. And then now I'm, I was like a new person. I was no longer this person that I was letting anyone step on me. I wasn't this person anymore that everyone, anyone could just speak to me how they wanted. I wasn't this girl anymore that anybody was just like, well, you know what? Um, we're just going to get over her. No. All of a sudden, God gave me this authority. He gave me this confidence. He just gave me everything that I needed to now... Uh, strive and thrive in what I needed to do for my life, which was not just for me, but it was also for my husband and for my marriage. So I, so now when you looked at me, I had a totally different look and people was like, who's that? And then, and I was like, hi, it's me, Antonia. And they were like, oh my God, what happened? You look so different. You look so alive, you know? And then now I'm so alive. They can't deal with me being alive. Because they looked at me happily dead. If y'all know what I mean. And this is exactly what's happening here. Because what happens is the enemy always wants to have us in our filthy garments. Um, he always wants to remind us of our sin, the down and out, try to bring guilt back into us, try to remind us of something that happened 20 years ago that God delivered you from. The enemy is always trying to get you to come back to the misery that he had you in. The enemy is always trying to push you to make sure that, you know what, you're not going to get or build confidence to get the promotion in your job. You're not going to believe in yourself. The enemy is always on a mission to make sure you fall. 
God's mission in our life is to make sure we're elevated, to bring us up, to encourage us, to give us life. And when I think about this, this is exactly what was happening here. Satan was the accusator, but God's mercy and grace was on that high priest. And here's, and, and here's the thing, you know, the reason God revealed his mercy to the high priest um, stating that he chose to save his people in spite of their sin. Because listen, the high priest knew the sins that the community and the people were doing. He didn't know them. He was aware of them. But he still thrived to try to save that community, to serve them the best way he could. And here's the thing. Satan is always accusing people of their sins before God all the time and that is why many times people will say to you oh no i'm not going to church man that's not my thing you know oh no 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 i don't want to go to a men's group or i don't want to go to a bible study you know because the satan keeps reminding them of the sin which stops them from going to the throne of god to be able to leave that sin repent ask for forgiveness be redeemed to then be able to go forward because he's the accuser. He's constantly the accuser. And I know I can tell you right now, there are many times that the enemy will come into my ear gate to try to remind me of something that happened so long ago that I'm like, dude, get out of my face. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. That happened 30 years ago. And I've been redeemed from that. And I've been saved. And that is uh, that that is um that uh, God has already fixed that in my life. Don't be coming up here trying to remind me of stuff like that. And I say it just like with the authority that's said here. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. So my friends, I'm just here to share um to you that the enemy misunderstands the breath of God's mercy and forgiveness toward those who believe in Him. And that's why we have to constantly believe in our Heavenly Father. Because the enemy is always attempting and trying to get in and infiltrate. And he um, and he's also always trying to sabotage you. He's always trying to sabotage me. He's always trying to do something, right? Um, but we need to have an upper hand on him. We need to use the authority that God has given us. And we are always to put our foot down. Because God has given us the opportunity to step on scorpion's heads with our foot. He said, I give you all authority. So y'all need to know how to use that authority, my friends. Because here's the bottom line. Satan will ultimately be destroyed. While everyone who's a believer will be saved. And that's why you got to keep believing, my friends. And here's the thing. When it says here that Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel, then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. I'm going to say that again. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. 
Because let me tell you something. The enemy always wants to have us being in a rut. The enemy always wants to have us be reminded of our faults. The enemy always wants to have us um, doubting ourselves, not having confidence, not believing in ourselves, um, not feeling worthy. The enemy does so much to our minds, our spirit, and our souls that it is our responsibility to make sure that we look at that person, that, that enemy straight in the face and use every tactic and everything in the word that God has given us to be able to do so. And it starts by opening our mouths. Don't ever be afraid to open up your mouth, no matter where you're at, to defend yourself in the name of Christ, in the name of Jesus, and to rebuke somebody. There are many people who will never open their mouth. God gave us the authority to open our mouths. He's showing us an example right here. Because he told him straight to his face with his mouth, yo, dude, get out of there. You don't belong there because you have him this way and you want to keep him this way, but I am not keeping him this way. And then that's the demand of get those filthy rags off of him. Get that filthy clothes off of him. And matter of fact, put him in rich robes. Because God takes the sin that has been committed and as long as we have surrendered to him, asked for forgiveness, been redeemed. He will clothe us, my friends, with a new clothing. He will give us something totally different, my friends. He will lift us up. He'll cleanse us. He will put us now according to how he sees us and how we're supposed to be looking at his, as his children. So to be prepared, we can ask God to remove our clothing of sin and dress us with his goodness. That's the promise he gives to us, my friends. God doesn't say to you, come and, and repent from your sin and I'm not going to do anything else after that. That's not what he says. He says, come and repent from your sin and you will be forgiven and I will clothe you with a robe of riches because from where you were before, you will not be there again. And my friends, I'm telling you, this is a very powerful, um, very powerful passage because here, here is the thing we need to understand is that God wants us to all be walking around healthy, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. He doesn't want us to wear our emotions on our sleeves. He wants us to be um, uh, in confidence knowing that he's by our side. And that anything we've been redeemed from, any sin that we've walked away and God has forgiven us and we've forgiven ourselves. Because let me tell you something, you have to also be able to forgive yourself. A lot of times people will get delivered from a situation in their lives and God turns their life around. But then you'll start hearing them once in a while, blue moon, talking about like, yeah, 
you know, um, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have done that. You know, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I still feel bad about it. No, move forward, my friends. God has redeemed you for a reason. There's no need to talk about that anymore. There's no need for you to like think or doubt or, you know, uh, no, he has forgiven you and you need to forgive yourself. That is one of the biggest part that a lot of people forget. Now, not just will God forgive you, but you need to forgive yourself. Because a lot of times we'll accept the forgiveness from God, but then we don't want to forgive ourselves. And then that's when we're torn. And we're going back and forth from the past to the present, from the past to the present. We keep remembering about the past. Now, the only time, and don't get me wrong, my friends, the only time we should be thinking about, you know what? Um, I truly believe that um, I have to... Um, be a testimony or be a special speaker for a special group to share my testimony about what God did in my life. And now you're sharing the story of what happened to you. That's something totally different because you are sharing it from a place of deliverance, right? It's not that you're sharing it. And as you're sharing, you're still in all of a sudden doom, gloom is still coming upon you and you're now still getting depressed. And now you go away and you hide. No, it's because you're in a different place. You're confidently alive and you're, and you're visible and God is doing, has done a new work in you. And you can share this joy now that you have with 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 everyone and you but you're sharing that story as a testimony because someone else needs to hear it so they can get delivered to they can get to the place God wants them to be and then when it says here and I said let them put a clean turban on his head how important is that because that clean turban represents let me tell you something. The clean turban represents, it's going to be a turban put on his head, wrapped, okay? Because it's not just that. Listen, your mind, your mind, my friends, has to be delivered too. From your heart, to your soul, to your mind, okay? Because here's the thing. Many people could get delivered from being wounded in their hearts, but then they don't get delivered from being wounded in their mind, the way they're thinking, their mindset, their mind to toils with them, okay? And God wants to deliver you um, and, and, and give you mercy and grace in all areas, in all areas. And our mind messes with us all the time. So I'm here to tell you, my friends, that when God does something like he's doing right now and he's taking off the filthy rags, he's, he's you know, he's removing the sin. It, it's a new beginning. It's a newness that's about to take place. He's doing it from head to toe. He's not skipping a beat. And that's the guarantee and the love that God gives us. You know, we have to understand that um, we, we do receive God's mercy. When God gives us mercies, my friends, it's not us doing it. It's him. God removes our filthy garments, our, our sins, then provides us with a new, clean, rich robe, the righteousness and holiness of God. All we need to do is repent and ask God to forgive us. When Satan tries to make you feel dirty and unworthy, remember that the clean clothes of Christ's righteousness make you worthy to draw near to God. 
And this is so key. And that's what he said. Also, let them put a clean turban on his head. Because he's got to be covered in the righteousness from head to toe of what God is doing in his life. And let me tell you something, my friends. This is a short passage, but this is very powerful. And I'm here to tell you that. So they put a clean turban on his head and they put the clothes on him and the angel of the Lord stood by. So we in the scripture get to see from beginning to end what God does in someone's life as an illustration with the filthy garments that were seen on this high priest. And we also get to see how God looked Satan right in the eye and said, the buck stops here. <laughs> this is my chosen and I rebuke you. You will no longer be by his right side cheering him on, reminding him about his sin, uh, 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 continuing to try to keep him in his sin. You got to go because I am stepping in and I am going to cleanse this person and I am going to cleanse uh, and put the right uh, righteousness uh, and through the garments that I want them to be represented by. And this is what's going to draw them nearer to me. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, that this is what God does for us. He meets us where we're at. We see, he sees our details, what we're struggling with. He sees the filthy garments. He sees the sin. He's aware of it. And as long as you repent and you surrender and you say, Lord, take full control of my life. I've surrendered it over to you. God will then take those filthy garments, rags off of you and say, your sin is forgiven. Just like Jesus said to many people while he was here, right? Your sin is forgiven. Okay. Um, and then they were renewed, restored, and they started with a new beginning and they were able to go on with their lives. That is what God wants for us, my friends. So this is a very powerful passage, my friends, speaking to us about what's happening. And let me tell you something. This is so beautiful because it's giving an example of a high priest that went through it. And what does that tell us, my friends? It does not matter the status that you're at, whether you're in a high status or low status. Everyone is treated the same. God will take, take that sin and he will cleanse you, my friend. And, he, and here's the thing. We need to want it and believe it. We need to want God's goodness in our lives. And I just want to remind you, my friends, that whenever anybody is trying to remind you of your past, is trying to bring up subject matters that you've been delivered from, is trying to have, start a conversation with you about where, what you did in 1922, y'all know what I mean. You shut it right down in the name of Jesus and you say, I rebuke that because I don't need to open up and entertain that conversation. 
I don't need to be discussing anything about what God has delivered me about. I don't need to be telling y'all and bringing up details and fizzling things up in the atmosphere so the enemy could start hearing what I'm talking about and then try to get next to me again and try to pull me in again. Y'all need to know how to use your voice in the name of Jesus and rebuke those people as well and say, let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about what God is doing for us today, period. Because even our closest friends and our families and neighbors, they'll bring up conversations with us that we're like, why is this dude or girl bringing up this conversation? Like, why? Because the enemy will use the closest people always by your side to do his dirty work. <laughs> so my friends, it, I, I'm so passionate. You know, I'm. I, you, I, you should be able to sense it in my voice. Um, this was a short passage, but man, so much content, uh, so much information, so much beauty in what God did in this illustration and example. And that's what he wants to do for us every day, my friends. So I'm excited that we were able to dive into this today, beginning of chapter three in the book of Zechariah. Please go back. If you just joined us today for the first time, go back, read chapter one and chapter two so you can catch up to where we're at. Go back, listen to the previous podcast as well if you just joined us for the first time today so you can catch up to the things we've discussed with chapter one and chapter two, Zechariah. And then I encourage you to go back and listen to all the different other um, episodes that we've done on the podcast how we've dived into God's word and what God is doing in people's lives. So my friends, it has truly been a pleasure uh, being with you today. Um, I'm always so thankful and grateful to the Lord that I'm able to do this, um, that he's given us a platform to be able to do it on. I encourage you um, to connect with me via um, the anchor.fm platform. You can always hear it as well on Spotify and some of the other platforms that it, you know, it filters out to engage with us. Let us know uh, what you think and um, leave me a message, you know, on Anchor FM. And I believe also as well as on Spotify, you should be able to press a button to leave me a message and communicate with me. I would love to hear about, you know, how is this impacting your life? You know, this podcast, you know, did you want to share anything with me about, uh, you know, what God has done in your life? I would love for you to share. You know, we want to share about how our audience is being impacted by God's word and what is God doing in their lives. Share it. It's a testimony. Okay. So I look forward to sharing the word with you guys next week. We will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's Word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the Word of God. The Word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.